Hi, y'all. Welcome. Everybody like my outfit? Did I do a good job of imitating Brandon? You know? Can I get on Preachers and Bargain sneakers with my $24 Sauconies? They are pink. <laughs> okay, start the clock now. Uh, so turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 16. I'm reading out of the message translation. I kind of like that. Uh, but whatever translation you're in. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. So this is Paul, and he's talking to, in Thessalonica, but he's giving a command that Jesus has already given to him and to the disciples. So to pray continually. Um, when you pray continually, what you're doing is you are, you get a glimpse into what the Father wants for you. So it's, yes, you take your petitions and your asks and your wants and your needs to God, but you also get an opportunity to grow with him, you know. Like in Luke, where we were, we've spent the last few weeks at the beginning, where disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. He actually goes on a little bit further in Luke and says, uh, you know, that you earthly fathers, you're not going to give your kids bad gifts. Why would our heavenly father give his kids, his son, you know, bad gifts? He's going to do even better, do even more amazing things than the earthly fathers are if you're going to give them good gifts. Uh, if you turn over to John chapter 5 and verse 19, he says, so Jesus then is explaining himself again. So he said, I'm telling you this straight. The son can't independently do a thing, only what he sees the father doing. What the father does, the son does. The father loves the son and includes him in everything that he's doing. But you haven't seen the half of it yet. From the same way that the father raises the dead and creates life, so does the son. The son gives life to anyone he chooses. Neither he nor the father shuts anyone out. The father handed all authority to judge over to the son, so the son will be honored equally with the father. Anyone who dishonors the son dishonors the father, for it was the father's decision to put the son in the place of honor. It's urgent that you listen carefully to this. Anyone who believes what I'm saying right now and aligns himself with the father, who has in fact put me in charge, has at this very moment the real lasting life and is no longer condemned to be an outsider. This person has taken the giant step from the world of the dead into the world of the living. So prayer continually puts us in alignment with the Father. It keeps us in a posture of learning what the Father wants for us to do. When I was a kid, one of my favorite things to do was when my dad had to work on the car, I would be out there with him. I would sit there, I would get stools, chairs, you know, I would stand over the side of the car and he would show me what he was doing. He would take time to explain it to me. Uh, usually, if it was something where we needed to get the car running, we had to go take a test drive. That usually meant we could stop by 7-Eleven and grab a Gatorade or a Slurpee or something like that. It was awesome. But what that also did was it showed me that then as I got older and started having my own cars that I could then work on them, you know. But it kept me in relationship with him because he's the first person to this day that I call if something's wrong with the car. If I hear a noise, if I hear a thing. You know, that relationship that I built, that excitement that I had 
when I was able to do and be around him and let him teach me, that's the same thing that prayer does for us. It keeps us in that posture of learning and growing and finding out what the Father wants us to do in our lives. It shows us where to give compassion like we did yesterday with all the people that we were able to provide stuff for. It keeps us in a heart of, um, you know, like I said, compassion. It keeps us in a heart of loving. It keeps us in a heart of uh, forgiveness to all of our, you know, our friends, the offenses that come up throughout the week, throughout life. It keeps us in such a better posture that we know what he wants us to do rather than just taking things at our own decision. It's, it's, it's very liberating, it's very exciting, and it's something that has kept me, you know, over the years in a good spot in times that shouldn't have been good spots. So that's what it is, man. The posture of leaning into what the Father says through prayer will do wonders for your life. Hi, everyone. How are you? If I have not met you, I am Christina. This is a little bit different than I'm used to. You'll see me up here still with a mic, but this podium thing is kind of cool. And we got Mr. Brandon Cole on the front. Could you not? If you just want to leave, that would be great. Um, no, has anyone started their prayers with God, I need you to speak. Anyone? Me too. And definitely the last two months, that has been the beginning of almost every prayer that I have intentionally sat down and prayed. God, I need you to speak to me. I need you to speak. And the reason why is because I ended a relationship. I lost my job. I got in a car wreck and told him my car. And these are things that, not the car, but these are things that God had promised me and that had told me, this is for you. And so now my life was falling apart around me. And I was like, God, you said that these were for me. Or did you say? Now I'm, I'm thinking maybe it wasn't. Maybe it is. And so that left me with saying, God, I need you to speak. In Second Chronicles 714, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will. If my people, that's me, I'm called, God's given me a purpose, God has given me promises, and he says, if you humble yourself and pray, then I will. If you, I will. And like I said, I was questioning, was this right? Was it not right? Now my life is falling apart, and I had to actually almost demand from God for him to speak to me and tell me what was going on. And in those situations with my relationship, I knew that it wasn't right. I had to be obedient with what God was saying, and I had to choose to end that. And then, then the next train hit, and I lost my job, one that God told me that that was the job for me. And so I'm saying, why? Why is this not right? And a little happy ending to the story. Um, I did just get a job about a week ago. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That is the perfect job for me. And um, by me saying, God, I can't do this on my own. Like, I, I knew I heard from you. I know the promises that you've given me. Um, but we always kind of revert to us being able to figure it out. 
And I had to realign myself and humble myself and say, God, I don't have it all figured out. And I need you to speak to me. I need you to step in. And God says, if you, then I. So I just want to pray over that real quick. God, thank you so much that you are a relational God, that you care about us. You care about um, our hopes and our desires and the purposes, and you want to fulfill those purposes in our lives. So thank you, Jesus' name. Morning, y'all. Those are fantastic. Gosh, y'all are amazing. Um, I didn't plan it. I guess the Lord planned it. Um, that what I have to say kind of uh, takes a little bit of both what John and Christina says. Um, I was really, really excited when Pastor Brandon asked me uh, to be a part of the five by five, and when he sent over the verses for us to look over and kind of meditate and marinate on, um, and then talk from. Uh, one of them really stuck out to me, and I feel like it's a really important topic, uh, and one that for me has been kind of challenging and still is. Um, so I'm going to read a couple of verses, uh, and Paul mentions a few things in those verses, but I'm really going to hang out on one of those things. So here are the verses. It's in First Thessalonians, it's verses uh, chapter 5, verses 16 through 19. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the Spirit. Praying continuously, don't stifle the Spirit. I actually believe those are the same thing, and so that's where I'm going to hang out. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak to everyone in here and deposit something new into them. Amen. Sorry if you like long prayers. Sometimes short ones can be powerful too. Uh, so in the translation that I have, mine says something a little bit different. It says, be joyful always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then it says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. And that's really kind of what I got stuck on as I was meditating on this. And really for me, I realized over the past maybe five or ten years, that's where my prayer life has shifted and seen a lot of change, um, is this idea of uh, the Spirit's fire. And really I realized that a lot of times I'll wake up in the morning, I'll spend maybe 30 minutes or an hour with the Lord, and then I'll, I'll kind of build this fire with the Spirit, and then I'll go through the whole day and it'll just burn out because I don't talk to Him, I don't do anything with Him, I don't open Him to what's going on, and I just stifle the Spirit. And so I've realized and really been learning, like, you can build that fire in the morning and then you can stoke the flames all day, and you can be in relationship with Him all day, and there are constant moments where you can be open to Him. Um, it's really, if you look at some of your probably most healthy relationships in your life, your spouse, your best friends, your family, your pastors, um, people in your life, the most healthy relationships have constant communication um, across multiple platforms. It might be Instagram, text message, phone call, sending GIFs to each other, like healthy relationships have constant communication. You don't stifle them. You don't say like, hey, good morning, like good to see you. All right, cool, don't talk to me. Like I'm gonna be at work for 10 hours. Like please don't text or call or anything. Um, and it really started to hit me like that is how we can live with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to share a quick example, a personal example. Um, over maybe a couple weeks ago, I was meeting with someone on my team. We were going over like projects, priorities, what we needed to do. And they brought something to my attention for a project, an idea. And it kind of caught me off guard. And so I got really defensive and was like, no, I don't think we should do that. It's not a good idea. And it kind of got us like really at odds. And then at the end of the conversation, they were like, hey, I got family stuff. Like, I got to go. And they bolted. 
And I just sat there in my office, and I was like, what just happened? Like, that was not how I wanted that to go. That's not how I want to treat people on my team. That was super weird. And in that moment, I just said, Lord, like, what's your perspective on the situation? Like, what did I miss? What just happened? And I just felt him impress on me, Will, you got caught off guard, and when you get caught off guard in meetings, you get really defensive, and instead of saying, hey, I don't know if we should do that now, but it's a great idea, we should do it later, you just said no. And that was not how you should have responded. And so I just pulled him back to my office real quick, and I was like, hey, man, that's not how that should have gone. I shouldn't have responded that way. That's a great idea, and we should do it, but we need to do it later. It's not priority now. And it totally changed our working relationship. And I realized, like, we all have moments like that every day in our lives with the people around us where we can say, I'm frustrated, I'm upset, why is this happening? Hey, Lord, what, what are you saying to me right now? How can I view this situation? Hey, my kids are driving me nuts. Like, what do they need right now, Lord? Like, what are you saying to me? Or like, I just missed my turn. I'm going to be 30 minutes late. Like, Lord, what are you saying to me? Where can I go? What do you want me to do? Um, And so that really is what I think Paul is talking about. And I really believe everything in the Bible is ultimately for our good. It's for your good and it's for mine. And I think it's deeply practical and I think it's deeply relational. And if you look back even at the garden, we were made for relationship and community. And so when when Paul talks about praying continuously and not stifling the spirit and not putting out the spirit's fire, I believe he's talking about being in relationship constantly throughout the day. Um, Yeah, so that's... That's that. I would like to say that I think Will stole my notes. That's okay. I've got some other things that I'd like to say. So, no, I think I think it is amazing, like how everything does tie together, and that you know that's God, that's the Holy Spirit doing that. That's not us. Uh, we didn't all get together and talk about what we were going to talk about. Uh, we all individually, you know, we're hitting it where it hits us. And so I think it's interesting that um, it's all tied together. It's all different processes, and we can all learn something from, from each one. I will say, they started the clock on me, but guess what? This is what Pastor Brandon doesn't tell you about second service. First service, we got to get out so second service can come in. Second service, you guys are here for the long haul. So... <laughs> Just so you know, second service is always going to go longer. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, I chose First Thessalonians 5, uh, 16 through 19. Um, be, and I read out of the Amplified Version just because I like lots of words. So words are good. Um, okay, be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually always. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstance may be, be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you, who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. Do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. So I began to think about what prayer means to me. Um, I was saved when I was seven, so um, I grew up in a family and in a church that was very much centered on God. Um, So to me, it was a pretty natural conversation. It was, I have two older brothers and I grew up in the country, so I was tortured. Basically, I'm the only girl and I was tortured. So my only reprieve is to lock myself into my room, you know, and play by myself, which usually means just read a book. So um, 
Anyways, I just began to talk to God like he was there, like it was a conversation. Um, And that was pretty much just my practice growing up. Now, I've been through some times where it wasn't so much like a conversation. It was more like I'm yelling at God or I'm complaining to God or I'm really struggling to find out if this is really what I believe, but I'm going to keep praying to God. So um, through school, through college, all of that was pretty like this. And for some dumb reason, I decided after college I was going to move to West Africa for a couple years. So the normal went like this to this, and then this, and then this, and then this. Um, So I was there for a couple years, and um, I'll tell you, if you really want to learn how to cling to God, move to a country where you don't know anybody, and you're all by yourself. Um, It was tough, and I won't say that Man, me and God just totally got along, and it was great, and everything was wonderful. I struggled. It was a struggle because I didn't feel him the same way that I did when I felt him here. So through all that, coming back, I had a pretty rough time coming back. Reentry was not pleasant for me. It was not easy for me. Um, And I've struggled a lot since then. But I will say in the last few years, the thing that I've learned um, is that God is there no matter what. I've had a lot of people come in and out of my life. And, you know, when you, when you have a real good friend who knows you and they're like, hey, I'm leaving or, hey, I'm getting married and now my husband is my new best friend, um, <laughs> you, you lose that, whatever, you, you kind of lose that I'm talking to you every day, we're telling each other about our day kind of thing. And, and I would just, leave, they would leave and I would be like, wow. What do I, I have to start all the way over with somebody new. And the great thing about God is I don't have to start over with him. He's known me from the moment I was born. When I was conceived, he knew me and he knows me. And not just like the outward things that I tell my friends, but the inward things that I don't tell my friends. He knows me better than I know myself. So who else would I go to during the day and be like, listen, I'm feeling really stressed out right now. And I don't know what to do, but you're going to have to help me handle these situations because I don't know what to do. And a lot of it, praying to God, is I don't know what to do. Um, and it's just continually lifting up and, and taking that moment, like in the song, just taking a moment to listen. And he will begin to pour into your spirit. And he will begin to, like, encourage you and bless you and say, I've got this. Or here's an extra measure of grace. Here's an extra measure of energy the things that we need in our lives. And it's just, it's that relationship. It's the constant relationship of saying, hey, I've had a really bad day. Um, Can we talk about it? Or, hey, I've had a great day. Or this amazing thing happened to me, and I really want to share it with you first. It's just that relationship. And for me, that's what prayer has been, just a journey of me, you know, kind of hanging on for dear life to prayer to really um, becoming to cherish it and understand what a what a gift it is, what a gift it is. So, yeah, that's it. I won't say that. Uh, I, I I just love how it just goes in line. I wanted to talk with an aspect of relationship and one of the interesting things, though, when you get a five by five like this, when the first four is so good, you wonder if it should have been a four by five. <laughs> we'll see. 
have you, have you ever stopped to think about what a privilege it is to be able to pray to God? Just, just think of the, just how great, how awesome, how big. He, he, he extends into the future that has no end, but he came from a beginning that had no start. And everything happened because he said, let there be. Oh, my gosh. And he, he wants to be our father. How awesome is that? Wow. It's got to be about relationship. And if you, if you take a look at the verse that, um, oh, boy, uh, Christina read. In Second um, Chronicles 7, it talks about, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'm going to do stuff. I'm going to do things that are for their good. Listen, listen, if my people, my people, God is possessive. He wants relationship. Called by my name. He wants, he calls us our sin his sons and daughters, and humble themselves, right? Being humble is kind of important in a relationship, you think? You got any friends who are just totally arrogant? And how much fun you have being around them? <laughs> or people who just talk all this time, guilty sometimes, sorry, but they just talk all the time, and they, you can't get a word in edgewise? Not much of a relationship, you know? It's kind of got to cut both ways. And the humble part kind of matters. You know, lots of times we think you get in a church and you get churchy, right? And you go, okay, I don't know the magic formula for actually praying, so I guess I won't or I will whatever. One of, one of the most honest moments I ever had for prayer was, um, some of you may or may not know, but I was engaged to the wrong girl before I found the right one. And it was a few months after that, probably about halfway in between that one breaking up and this one getting found, I had I just got alone with God. I was getting all frustrated. I said, God, I'm not that bad. And, or maybe I was. But <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't take ma a magic formula to have a conversation and to have, and to have a relationship with God. It, it just is about doing it. And I'm not always great at doing it, but I do know where my strength comes from every single time. And it talks about, back over in the First Thessalonian 5 verse, about pray without ceasing, right? What does that mean? How, maybe you women can multitask and do whatever you're doing and, and pray all at the same time. I can't. I'm focused on one thing, and I... I have trouble doing both, right? It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. The answer here is I can trust God because I've seen what he's done for me in the past when I've asked him for things. He's always shown himself faithful. He's always shown himself to have my good at heart, right? And when you start having relationship with God and start seeing how he's been faithful in the past, I think that's where trust comes from. And it's hard to just say, okay, I'm going to trust God when, well, what is, and there's no relationship, right? It's like if he's, we can be told to trust God,
but really gets anchored when we start remembering what his character is like and what he's done for us and all those kinds of things, right? And so my, the, the real point there is I think praying without ceasing is a lot about don't put God, make God an afterthought. When something unexpected, when something difficult, when something hard, when something feels like your world's falling apart, if the first thing is to trust, right, rather than the first thing is to, I got to figure out what I got to do. I got to work it out. I got to figure out all these things. I don't know enough. I'm freaking out. I don't know what. If the first step is trusting God, I think that's a lot of the pray without ceasing. And I just, Christianity is about relationship with God. It used to be about the law and having to get things right. And when Jesus came along, it turned into relationship. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I mean, it's about relationship with him. That's what makes it different from every other religion. And sometimes we get the cart before the horse. We say, well, you've got to clean yourself up before you can come to God. No, you need relationship with God. And then he'll clean you up. And you'll want to be cleaned up as you want to please him when you see how good he is to you. Yeah? So... Prayer, conversation, not the magic formula, is where prayer it starts to establish a relationship with him. And I just think we've got lots of great opportunities to do that. You know, God hits, gets you in the hard times. We've just had a, a loss in the family, and God shows himself faithful every single time. So we just love him. Um, all right, you can decide whether we needed that fifth one or not, but there's no vote. Um, we we just want to move into a time, you know, as we get close to the end. Why don't you all stand up? The, the band is going to come out and do a song. But, um, you know, so, some of you, our, our salvation is so great. Hebrews 2 says, we have so great salvation. That's because the salvation is for every part of us. Churchy words like getting justified and sanctified and glorified. Those basically say your spirit and your soul and your body and everything about you is important to God. That's all it means. And so the salvation that we have is for you today. And it may be you need to repent of your sins and make Jesus and make Jesus your Lord. Maybe it means that things are going tough as you're trying to do the right thing and God wants to help you. Maybe there's sickness in your body or um Relationships just need to be healed or restored. Also, the salvation God has given us makes an opportunity for that to get fixed by coming to him. And so today, if you've got something in your heart, I'm not going to make you say what it is. I'm not going to make you say what, what you want to do, but we want to pray. If there's something that's weighing heavy on you today, we want to pray because we want to stand together we want to strengthen the relationship we have with God. We also want to strengthen this community and this relationship we have with each other. So if you've got something.